alive within them. Let their eyes be open, let their ears be open, and let them receive something from heaven on this very morning. Let the word spoken minister to each individual in your own special way. Holy Ghost, we say, have your way. Lead us and guide us. God, I yield myself to you this very morning. Let it not be my words, but let it be your words that come forth in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Who's excited? Like, I mean, I, I just feel like, I said this, I was, I was like, Lord, what, what is this year? He's like, it's a year of surprises. So every morning I wake up and I'm like, uh, gonna, how are you going to surprise me today? And it has been. It's been like just things happening, the unexpected favor of God, the unexpected blessing of God, the unexpected encounter, you know. The other day we got hit with three different, this is yesterday or day before, we're driving down the road just talking about the Lord, and we get hit with random encounters that we can't hardly drive, you know. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Boy, I just feel a stirring. Hallelujah. My wife's like, man, you, you when we're when we're travel out and you minister, it's like there's nothing to it. You know, you just kind of go in there and pick up something by the Spirit and just go for it and go with it. And she's like, so how's, how are you feeling about ministering tomorrow? She said, you've been sitting here all day. <laughs> it, but it's very rare that I sit somewhere all day, honestly. I mean, truly. But I, but I don't know. God's placed me in a position here. And, I, and I'm so thankful for my position. Like I said, I'm so thankful for God calling us here and, and placing us with Pastor Caleb and Pastor Kirsten. So honor them. So honor the lineage that they come from and every aspect of it. You know, and, and it's, you have to really um, appreciate who God has placed you with. You know, because you have a unique opportunity to co-labor with Him so that they can fulfill what God has for them. So many times we get so centered, focused on our own self, we, we don't realize that God's placed us here because he'll put a strategic amount of people around us that we have to pour into to fulfill their call. And as we pour into them to help them fulfill their call, then all of a sudden a byproduct of that is we'll be launched into our calling. Amen? So don't be so centered, self-centered focused, you know what I mean? You have to always be looking out for those around us. If I took a picture of this room right now and handed it to the first person you'd look at, you. I mean, I'm just saying, you wouldn't look at the person next to you, right? So that, that goes in the natural realm that, that, that shows you where your natural eye is always drawn to. A self-centered, you know. That's why you have to die to truly be alive. Hallelujah. So the, 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 I don't know if anybody else here has picked up on the swirling of the Spirit and what the Lord is doing in this time and in this hour. Even in the, the, the going into the taken territories, the foundation that the Spirit of the Lord is laying up to this point. Thank God we flow by the Spirit. Amen. 
Thank God we're not a dry church. Amen. Hallelujah. Even the ones that are preparing for Super Bowl that aren't here. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. By the Spirit of the Lord, wreck them right now, even as they're stirring up and trying to make dinner for this evening. Shake them in the kitchen. See, I'll get it in this morning, Pastor Joe. Hallelujah. But there has been a swirling of the Spirit. You've got to flow with these things because we are one. We have a household, but then we all come together into one house. You understand? And the Lord speaks things to you personally, but always corporately too, especially when you're connected to a body. So we even started out, um, Pastor Caleb was talking about the, the body, the spirit, you know, and the soul. And was given like different parts of revelation of that. But I'm saying we are the body. And we shall flow by the spirit. And we shall win many souls. So look at it personally and straighten out the other stuff within you to get your personal self in line. And then when we come together corporately, we will be the fulfillment of a body that will be led by the Spirit to impact the kingdom of God with souls. Amen? But when Pastor Caleb was telling me about who was who was here when we had... Just we had 120 years of just straight um, experience of a life of preaching the gospel in one morning, in about 120 minutes. We had 120 years. You, you know what I mean? It was like I'm been in ministry for 40 years. I've been here for 30 years. I was sitting there and I was like, my goodness, like the amount of experience. And the, the amount of wisdom and knowledge that shot forth from this place, if you didn't have, I mean, if you weren't sitting on tippy-toe, like in a posture ready to receive, because there was treasure spoken in that morning. It was one of the most impactful mornings. And how the Spirit of the Lord just kind of intertwined it all together and, and gave out. But how many, there's 40 years of history that comes out and goes, what's one thing that you could narrow it down to? You better be listening for the one thing. Like if I asked you right now, could you tell me? Could you itemize it out and tell me what was the four keys that they, that they ministered on? Amen? It, it started with, pa and, and, and the wisdom that, that Pastor Caleb had to do it, I was like, how is this going to work out? How's, how, how is it going to work out for four people to minister on one morning, and we not get out of here before five o'clock. <laughs> it's called experience. Amen. It wasn't their first time standing up here. They got it done. So, praise God for that same anointing on me today. Get it all out quick, sharp, fast, eagerly. Amen. Does everybody know what I was talking about, though? Did y'all realize the 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 people that were standing in this pulpit, on this platform, in that morning, the life of sacrifice that they given for the kingdom of God and how they've been led by the voice of God and the nuggets that they threw out that morning. Like Pastor Mark got up and started talking about, <laughs> who I told Trey this yesterday, I was like, yeah, I said, well, when, when Pastor Mark got up, I said, that's like 40 years, right? 
50 years, 50 years of ministry and marriage. So it was 40, yeah, and then 10 more, so I wasn't wrong. But anyways, when you, when you look at that, the most impressive thing is the marriage lasting longer than the ministry, huh? Amen? That's the most important thing. How can you minister if you can't do it at your household? You know, you always have to remain in peace. That, that has to be, I even tell people that in the business room. Get your, get your life right inside your household before you ever come out here to try to make a dollar. You know, if not, go back to the house, get that situated, because how's God going to bless you here when that's your first ministry? And sometimes we get, even get locked up in the ministry and forget about our first ministry that he entrusted us with. Amen. But he got up and was talking about the spiritual hunger. I'm just going to, I'm going to highlight key things and I'm going to jump in by the spirit and prophetically show you everything that the Lord's doing and directing and leading us all into as a body. You got that? So just be ready, write down notes, do whatever. But I'm going to tell you, like I'm going to intertwine it all together of what the spirit of the Lord's saying in this moment, in this hour for us particular, not only individually, but as a body. Let he who has an ear, let him hear. I don't think that, I mean, I, I, I think when, when Peter cuts his ear off, you know, on the way out in the, in the ultimate betrayal, you know, and the ear gets cut off and Jesus brings healing to the ear, that's the last miracle. Because I think, let he who has an ear, let him hear. I think he's pointing out something absolutely on his way out saying, hey, pay attention to my voice. Pay attention to the leading of my spirit. Don't come here on a Sunday morning just looking for the quick fix. It's a directional spirit that we're all operating in that will lead you and guide you. But Pastor Mark came out and started talking about the spiritual hunger. A hunger. Something that you have to have is hunger. Hunger. Because you know what? Uh, nothing is stopping a hungry man. Right? I mean, people, people are breaking the walls, they'll bust down doors, everything, if you haven't eaten, right? Because there's, there's, a, there's a, a strength that rises up in a and a need that comes in within this natural body that you have to. So why can't we elevate our spiritual realm to that? To where we wake up every morning with, with, with such a drive to grab a hold of something to nourish us. Right? Because you're sustaining today. You are sustaining today and you're sitting here today with the strength you have today from something you ate in the last few days, right? So your spirit has the strength today from what you've been feeding on. So how much did you feed it during the week? He got up and said that the, the word of the Lord came to him and said, said that there was a shaking that was going to take place. He said, I'll shake the county, I'll shake the state, and then I'll shake the nations. Can you not tell me that, that God gave him that word to come here. There's been a shaking and a sifting going on even within the churches. You know, if I want to clean this rug, I, I, can, I can sweep it, I can vacuum it and all that. But I'll never expose what's in it until I lift it up and shake it. Revival oftentimes starts with a revealing. You want to reveal all, it'll open up into revival. You know what I mean? 
And there's a lot of things that have been swept under the rug and kind of put in the corner. And there was a shaking that needed to happen to unlock some things and to, to loosen up some things within the church foundation and within the church body so that some things could be revealed for what's fixing to take place within the body globally. Amen? And then Pastor John got up. I was like, "Where, man, the treasure that we have within these seats is truly amazing. You know, to be able to just catch a wind of the Spirit and go, okay, I'm going to call up these four elders, you know, and let them speak. I was like, where does he even, you know, man. <laughs> I pass people all the time. I'm like, my God, they could change the world, and they're sitting next to you, and you don't even know it. You know, how God's led people here by the Spirit. But he got up and talked about grabbing a hold of the, the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, you know, the, the one that leads you, the one that guides you, the one that gives you power. The power, being endued with power. Let him breathe the Spirit into you. Not being ashamed of it, not being able to, like, no, don't do that, you're going to run people out of the church. Some people don't need to be in here. They're not running out. They're holding on to the spirit that they want to keep a hold of. You see it all the time in praise and worship. All of a sudden, they're moving them to spirit comes. People start leaving. What are they doing? They should stand there and let that go and, and get free. You know? Hallelujah. Is this okay? I just feel an urgency to speak to the body and let you know the things and the things of which have been spoken that you probably didn't catch a hold of and, 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 and how it all comes. And then Pastor Donnie gets up and she, she said a key word. She said, if you want to become passionate towards God, you must first discover how passionate he is about you. Whew. Whoa, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I was talking this morning about. You can't minister to the Lord and not let him minister back to you. You know? It starts off with what? A shaking going on inside of you. Okay, I'm ready to give up. And you come there and you let him minister to you. And then after that, you think you get a touch of God and now everything you do is going to be for him? No, you can't even step into your true identity and see who you actually are until you get face to face with him and let him minister to you. That's what she's meaning by that. The love of God. Letting God love on you. How can you give something that you don't have? How can you understand how to love somebody if you don't allow him to love you? I mean, you should write that down. You should understand that and, and go into the depth of that. If you want to be passionate towards God, you must first discover how passionate he is towards you. Then when you minister and you say, God... You're worthy of it all. And he's like, oh, you're worthy. I give you everything. He said, I give you everything. You start singing songs to him, and he starts singing them back over you. Then all of a sudden, you come into harmony, and you're like, am I there? I mean, he's here. What, what's the deal? Oh, maybe heaven came to earth. Maybe I went to heaven. Who cares? We're face to face, right? Amen? That's what I'm saying, though. That, that is, that's an individual drive. I can't do it for you. You have to do it. You have to do it. Do you come in here looking to get fed, or do you come in here looking to, to, to overflow with what you've been doing? Let your spirit connect with the person next to you, because there's a, there's, there's a reason 
that in the first miracle, that wine was held till the end. There's a reason, right? Yeah. Who's been to a wedding? Hmm? Yep. Who's left early from a wedding? Because <laughs> it's not by feeling, it's not by a fight, but it's by a respect and an honor for the presence of the bride that lets you remain and be willing to, you understand, that's why Pastor Rodney, a lot of times, he takes about three hours to get up so those who remaining could get the fresh wine and the new wine. And if he's doing a new thing and he's going to pour out a fresh thing, then it's going to be for the ones that honor and remain in the presence. What are we? We're a church that will host the presence of God without compromise. I have one guy ask me, What's, what makes y'all's church different? We will host the presence of God without compromise. Amen? Because what, what else is there? And then uh, Brad, Prophet Brad, Evangelist Brad, Pastor Brad, the one who Jesus loves. I don't know. He's got so many different, he wears so many different, been in plane crashes, been all over the world, you know, will flow in the Spirit of God. and the It's amazing what he does. And he gets up and he says the tenacity to keep going. The, 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 just the, the sheer, I'm not giving up. I'm not letting go. I'm not going to let anything hold me back. I'm going to have the tenacity to keep going day after day after day because I choosing the direction in which I go. I told um, somebody this week, I said, you don't backslide. You hear that all the time. Well, you might backslide. No, you don't backslide. You get exactly what you're focused on. How do you backslide? No, you get exactly what you focus on. Right? right? You, it doesn't just randomly hit you. You focus on it. You come into agreement with it. You receive it, and then you become partaker of it. Right? right? It doesn't just randomly, oh, man, I'm, I'm going after God, and then all of a sudden, boom, you get hit. No, you get distracted. And then you begin to pay attention and focus, and then you reach out and receive, and then you're going in the wrong direction. It's not an accident. I mean, people say that like, no. You've been given all authority and all power. So explain that one to me. How you just all of a sudden just get knocked off your feet? You don't. You shift the direction your feet are going. Amen? And then Pastor Linda gets up and just talks about prayer, how to approach God. The approaching of God, the expectancy that you have in prayer, those things that you have not, it's only because you ask not. Right? And, and a, I mean, a true woman of prayer, a true woman of God, she gets up here like everybody. That anointing to, to sing is going to come upon me. <laughs> one day, one day I'm going to get up here and you know, I might start like Brad, shake a little bit, and the next thing you know, I'm going to rah! And y'all go, man. Just telling you, because I sit there all the time and it says, you know, that, that it's, it's, it's not about works, but it's receiving. So I'm all there all the time. Like, Lord, I tap into that anointing and I receive it. She's preaching in one deal and singing a song in the next. And I'm like, right, that's going to come on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. I'm telling you. <laughs> 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 I 
Praise God. And then Jesse Duplantis comes in. A, a man that believes the impossible on a day-to-day. And you, and you think about it. You think about stepping into your identity. And out of everybody that I've seen, like the way that he gets up, he just absolutely knows who he is. So he knows that the inheritance that's been laid up before him. So it's not, I mean, it's like you want the, he owns, he can, he can do what he does because he knows that he's a child of God, that the blessing of God is upon him. He's tapped into that anointing, not by something he's done, by, by receiving actually who he is. If you're a child of God and everything's laid up before you and your inheritance is the kingdom, right? So whose fault is it that you haven't tapped into the inheritance? Right? If you, you can have a bank account sitting there with a million dollars and starve to death if you don't know how to access it. You know? There's a lot of things that we are starving in our own lives because we haven't even yielded to the, the identity and the revelation of who we are to tap into it. You understand all of these things are part of the body. We expect to, to step into a, a it's no, it's, it's not a, I'm just telling you, it's not a coincidence. It's just, there's no such thing. It's not a coincidence. It's the moving of the spirit. That the alignment of this stuff comes and it ends up with somebody speaking and decreeing a hundredfold return and a hundredfold anointing. It's, it's not a coincidence that all this lines up to it. It's up to you to receive the truth. Not by the feelings, not by the facts, not by you're broke, not by, oh, I'm, I'm this or that. No, by the truth. You're a child of God. The inheritance. You're a seed of Abraham. So all the promises are yours. Yes, 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 and amen. Amen? You receive it. Abiding is, so many times we get into the thing of trying to even grow in our own lives by what we're doing and how we're ministering, the things we're doing for the Lord and this. Your identity comes in the, the abiding in Him. The grabbing a hold of Him, the understanding, the not letting go. You know? And I was like, Lord, what is it like with, with us? And then, and then it backs up, and then as Pastor Caleb comes up, and he says, I didn't know what I was going to be. He rounds it right back up to body, soul, and spirit. And says, well, I'll just cap it off with that. And I'm thinking, man, you have a, a, a hundred. I was, I was saying, man, there's probably 200 years of experience that's set up there. And the Lord said, no, it was 180 so, I, you know, I was like, I don't know why you, the Lord tells you something, so you just start adding up, you know. Just receive it, as I'm saying. And I was like 180, and he's like, yeah. 180 years of experience sitting here in a moment leading up to a transitional of a new beginning. Of it's just the beginning of a taking territory. Taking territory was a dream that I had seven years ago. Where I came into Claremont was elevated up, and on the front of the cross, the, the cross out front, I seen the, T, the, the cross, and it turned into a T, and it said, taking territories. I drove up here. This was all a dirt parking lot, and we're trying, and, and Pastor Cave's out there, and he's like, I'm like, what's going on? What are you doing in town? Oh, I don't know. Just passing through. No, I just drove an hour and a half because I felt it by the Spirit of God. So when we're trying to figure out what 
we can even call this. I said, well, I mean, I had a dream. Taking territory. Bam. That's how it sparks up. It's time for the kingdom of God to take territory in every aspect. We've, we've sat here and, and, and rubbed shoulders with one another in church and built ourselves up. But when are we going to go build the body up and get outside here? There's a, there's a, there's a, it's a time and an hour and it's now for that. And, and, and he chose you for it. He chose you for it. You have to realize it's, it's not about looking in this direction. I could sit down in that seat just like you. You know, that's what I was doing in any of this. I'm receiving what the Spirit of the Lord, the direction and everything that the Spirit of the Lord's given me. You know what I mean? I know that he's placed me here in this time, in this hour to, to just, just speak forth what he's given what his people need, the direction they need, the coming together, the unity, the everything, the spirit of unity. What even Pastor Caleb even started off, started off with when he was breaking it down to the three elements. It's a three-stranded cord that can't be broken. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you know, first year. It's, it's, it, that's what it is. We have to come into agreement in the spirit of unity, and nothing can separate us. Not, there's, there's nothing that can hold us back in the strength that comes as you and I come together in full agreement with the moving of the Spirit because sons are led by the Spirit. Are you a son? Are you a daughter? Then you're led by the Spirit of God, not by the natural eyes, not by these ears, but by the Spirit. This earth is groaning and travailing for us to rise up and be who He's created us to be. There's people in this place that have, that have ministries that will go around the world. There's people in this place that have anointings on them that nobody's even seen. There's people in this place that have something that, that no other person can represent. A, a piece of God that they can bring into this time and this hour to manifest His glory upon this nation. And you're in this seat. In this time, in this hour, it's time, to, it's time to flow by the Spirit and get an understanding of the direction. Get your eyes off of a need and meet His needs, and all of your needs shall be met. Why do we worry about, why do we use our faith for our needs? You ain't even using your faith because they, they will be met. We stretch our, man, God, I need this, I need this. No, you don't get your focus off of that because as long as you focus on it, there's always going to be there. You're going to manifest what you focus on. Is this okay? Man, I, I want to kind of joke around and stuff like that, but I, I'm serious about this. Like, I feel like... I just... I, just, I will joke for a second. I look at that piece of garbage. Look, it looks like somebody's butt got caught on it when they fell out. They're probably, Lord, I'm stuck to the floor. See? Sorry, distraction squirrel. <laughs> As I'm talking about, sorry. But I'm serious about this. I begin to think of, like, what is the church going to do? What is the church going to do in this hour? What are we here for? The sifting that came. The, even Pastor Cabe has talked about it. Like, the end time revival right in on the shoulders of the local church. How can somebody step out the fulfillment 
You know when the enemy goes in there and, and steals people away is when they lose connection to the local church. What's the biggest thing the enemy tries to divide? The unity between us. The unity between us with accusations, right? So that we get and start pointing fingers. Instead of staying connected to the person next to us, you start pointing and you just stop the flow of the Spirit, right? That's what happens even in this. I'm not saying, like, I break the spirit of accusations that has come in. When you look up 180, <laughs> here's how the Lord works. Will you tell me that? Add up the years of the people. 180 years of ministry sitting here looking before you. Do you know, people say, oh, numbers or whatever. I don't know. Think what you want. There's a reason he counted the 153 fish. There's a, there's a reason for everything. Right? So you can say what you want, but the Lord leads and guides me and speaks to me through every avenue. He created all things. Why can't, I mean, huh? 180, you know what it means in like the Hebrew and you look up the biblical things of it? It means the river. You can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. It means the river. It means streams. You understand? You can't make this stuff up. So what happens? You know what also it is? A directional turn. 180. Right? 180. He's been blessing us. He's blessed us every year. Year after year after year. He's perfected. He's done stuff. He's built the foundation. He has laid out the foundation of this church, we minister to people. We do we do everything. Cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick. Everything, signs, miracles, wonders follow us everywhere we go. We have built the foundation of the river, the river that's a constant flow of the Spirit. That no matter who comes in and who jumps in, we constantly join together and flow in the direction that God wants us to flow. Right. That it's a time that's coming. It's a time that's coming right now, even in every realm, in the financial realm, in, the ble in household blessings, in everything, in the supernatural signs, miracles, wonders, everything that each individual shall start manifesting because the river will start breaking off into streams to come. We will go to the county. We will go to the state. And we will go to the nation. And it will be individuals that are tapped into the river that break off in a new fresh stream to bring life into hidden areas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A new direction, a new time. It's not even a new thing. It's an old thing. I mean, what do we try to do? We try to tap into an old thing to bring it new, Right? It was all done from the very foundation of earth. We preach about the day of Pentecost, right? What do you want to do? No, today is a new thing. This is that. This is that. Open your eyes to what's happening. The moving of the Spirit is here, is now. I say this is that. Hallelujah. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you grab a hold of it? We sit there and we talk about churches and all that. You know, in Abraham, when the promise was handed to them, okay, about the lineage that shall come through them, 
it was time and it was like, oh no, God, I can't, I, I'm not going to give birth. Excuses that the bride put on herself not to deliver the promise. So then she comes out and, and it's like, oh, it's what we all do. The church takes it into their own hands and tries to produce things how they want to. So they'll, they'll alter the plan and the purpose that God's put it out. It's not really altering it. It's trying to do it for him instead of yielding to it. And then all of a sudden now a birthing comes of a problem that we'll deal with for a while all because of self-effort. All because of self-effort. Huh? No, they're just trying, was it wrong? They're just trying to help God do his job is what we all do, right? Ten leopards, right, cry out. They come, the word sent forth. Go, right? Go tell the priest. As they go, healing comes upon them. One returns and is made whole. Were the other nine obedient? Have you ever thought about that? Were the other nine obedient in what the Lord told them to do? So that lets you know, hosting the presence and being at his feet and ministering to him is bigger than the call. Sometimes we get so busy doing and going in a direction that we think, we lose the one thing, and that is grabbing a hold and hosting the presence of God. The foundation in which he's placed his own. Huh? He walks. Does that make sense? If you don't know the story, go read it. It'll make total sense, I'm telling you. What, what have we given birth to? And what problems have we birthed within the church because we didn't yield to the voice of God and wait on his timing and took timing in ours? All because we're looking at what we can do in our life and not a generational legacy. There's a reason they say it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It just got real. Now I know the Spirit's working. Because everybody, here's, here's, here's how, here's, here's how um, prophetic revelation unravels. Either you could be pinpoint accurate or you just shoot it like a shotgun and it hits everybody in a different way. You know? Seriously. So I'm unraveling it. I ask the Spirit of God to give you the revelation if you need to. Some of you understand it corporately. Some of you will receive it personally. Because how many times did you go off on your own ministry and start producing something out of self-effort? So that, the, 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 the problem of producing the promise was in the bride. Not the seed that was given. Because the seed still worked, right? So the bride's inability to yield, the bride's inability to yield and to come in a place of encounter altered things. And I'm saying if we're going to do what God's called us to do, we have to be willing to yield. And we have to be willing to come into an, an encounter and expectancy so that what he gives us the, the word in which he speaks, we don't return void. We don't try to put it to action in our own way. We only receive it and yield it and protect it to give birth to it, right? With joy and laughter. 
with joy and laughter. Not, not laughing at the promise because it's unreachable, but receiving the promise and delivering it with joy and laughter. We'll name that very thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Not losing the sight of, of, of the direction of where we're going. The, hallelujah. The woman caught in adultery. You know, it even says, like, even in the Bible, this was removed from all the old manuscripts, right? Why, why is that removed? Why, why, do you think that, why do you think that they fought to, to keep that scripture out of there? You know what I mean? And, and that's the only place. I don't think, I think if it says something like that, that that means you pay attention to it. I've said that, I've, I've used it in many, but it just came to life in me. you got to figure, like, Jesus is in the temple, standing in the, in the temple, you know, okay? in the church. This is the separation of churches that goes on, okay? The spirit of accusation and condemnation and all that. Pastor Joe said it. I was like, Lord, what is it? What is it? That we, what is it that you want your people to receive? That you want your people, how, what is the understanding? What is the key one thing? If I can stand here and take nuggets from them, what do you want to deposit from heaven? What, give me supernatural wisdom to deposit from heaven in a moment, a one thing that they can grab a hold of. Not to get a word, but to get a revelation. Because a revelation ends up in demonstration. You know what I mean? Not in a knowledge, not in a head knowledge, but a heart strike. If God so loved the world, give his begotten son, right? So none that shall perish, right? Will have everlasting life, right? What's the next part? He did not come to condemn. Don't you think that there's a powerful word that's following the number one known verse around the world? Don't you think that if, 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 if that's such of an impact of a statement that even Christian people walking down the street don't even, never read the Bible, they can quote it. The thing that follows it, how important is that? How important is that? He come not to condemn the world, right? But through him this world shall be saved. I think he did his job. I think we have to come into the revelation of what happened. But I think the key thing with this is the pointing out of the condemnation that we have and the accusation that we have is what definitely comes in and divides the spirit of unity within the body and in the church. It is. What, what, what is a rippling effect is accusation, condemnation. You shouldn't do this. You can't do that. You, can, you know. Why did you get elevated? Why did you just get elevated? Because some people are elevated into a spot so that they can actually have an opportunity to step out in their freedom. But if they choose to hold on to their pride, then they'll die like go straight to the pit. You know what I mean? So don't judge the things around you. And some of the things around you know that you're a child of God, that you're ordained, that you walk by the steps, and he lights the path before you. Even those things around you, you can't comprehend them and you can't understand them. But they're happening for a reason. Amen? So what is, so Jesus gets down, he writes down in the dirt, you know, he gets up, looks at the woman, he says, where are your accusers and who is that that condemns you? 
Look at the prophetic picture of this. It's people standing there with a rock, which a rock is the foundation of the church, right? Peter, a, a rock. Upon this, I will build my church, right? He says, Simon Barjona, which means he looks at him and says, upon, if you translate that out, it's son of the spirit. So the very foundation of the earth is the son that's led by the spirit. Okay, and then he gets there and he's like, okay, who are, the, who are your accusers and who condemns you? Because before you can step out into wholeness, and he says the most powerful statement, go and sin no more, be made whole. The wholeness that comes to the church body can only, can only be walked out and received when you step through and walk through that door of accusation and condemnation. When you remove that from you, then you can step into your promise. Right? He deals. He doesn't even deal with those that bring it. He deals with it within her. So even though, I mean, half the churches didn't think about it. She's connected to a bunch of different things, and she's been prostituted out, right? And she's been in bed with the wrong things. A lot of churches have done that. He's not here to slap her down. He's not here to do that. He's here to come up and say, listen, the foundation, the foundation of the church is the one that I am present in. I stand up here. Now eliminate the accusation and the condemnation that comes in every other avenue of ministry and step into victory and wholeness. In wholeness. It's time for the church to stand up. It's time for individuals to stand up and be made whole. And then you walk out and they're not sinning anymore. Hallelujah. 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 We bless, we do not curse. I'm not talking about the church being weak. I'm not talking about the church turning the shoulder. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Does that make sense? Can I have just a few more minutes? Are you getting something out of this? That's a corporate thing I'm telling you about. That's a corporate body that's going to step into the potential to, to, to hold the move of God, to hold the harvest that is to come. It, it can't be run by one man. It has to be run by a body. Because even Jesus only had a few around him, huh? So, so how, how, how can one man or how can a team of people or how can any of that sustain the body? It has to be of individuals within the body that step up into their call and their potential and their design and understand what God's put them there for. And there's a, there's a thing with friendship. There's a thing that Jesse talked about, like, I don't even know, I don't pray, but I have conversation. And I was like, man, I've been looking for the terminology of my relationship with God this whole time. I just have conversation with him. It's ever going. It's always lasting. You know, it's when I wake in the morning, hey, you know, because questions are the doorway to revelation. You understand that? Questions, you can, you can bank that. Questions are the doorway to revelation. So how can you ever get the, the, the answer to a question you don't ask? How can you do that? It is the revelation, and, and, a, and a revelation beheld launches you into the identity you're designed for. What did Jesus do? He walked in revelation. 
He wasn't doubting anything. He, he wasn't like any of us going through an identity crisis. He knows I come from the Father. Everything the Father has is mine, and I will return to it. What else is there? What else is there? How can you be distracted? How can you be misled when you know where you come from, who you are, what is your inheritance, and where you're going? Our whole entire life, that's what we're trying to determine. We're trying to unravel the... the con I'm not talking about condemning one another because you condemn and you accuse yourself more than you do the guy next to you. Usually when you're accusing the one next to you, it's only a byproduct of the spirit crying out because that's what you're doing in private. When, you're, when, when, when somebody's pointing the fingers and accusing, I know, I know, I know this, how the spirit works. I know the, how the spirit manipulates. When they're doing that to others, guess what's happening when they put their head on the bed? They're doing it to themselves. All they're doing is crying out to be set free and delivered. So open your eyes to the move of the Spirit. Open your eyes to the move of the Spirit if you want to help the body and you want to help the grow. Because if not, you'll let a spirit of accusation come and it'll be like a little cancer that tries to spread through the body. No, you behead it. You don't feed it, you behead it. You do not come up to me with an accusation that I don't stand up for. Huh? Come at me and talk about pastor. I'll put you in your place. Why? Because I know him. I know him. I'll put you in your place. Who are you? I'm, I'm just... That is why the church... People go, oh man, the church is... You know, multiplying. The church is multiplying, but I'm going to tell you, the churches on every corner are dividing. Not multiplying. You think they're multiplying, but they're actually dividing. Because somebody comes in and sits down and gets their own thing and goes, oh, I'm going to go out here in my ministry. They just got a word that, the, you know, there's, there's, there's community and connection that comes within the body that actually gives you the strength to produce what God's called you to produce. I'm speaking to the church body. I'm speaking to you individually, but I'm speaking to the body. Of what God's going to do and where he's going to go, you don't have to be, you'll just want to be a part of it. What he's going to do in the financial realm, what he's going to do in the, I mean, we should be able to take somebody from here and be like, boom, send you up to, the, to level three at the hospital or whatever, and just walking through there, the place is empty. Not so you can turn around and leave a card, oh, this is my ministry, call me. No, because you walk in the saturated presence of God, and those signs will follow those who believe. Amen? Okay, I'm going to run through this real quick and just, just follow me. I'm going to bring this back to, to, to personal. To personal. If you want to leave something with the church, Jesus then I'm going to look at your last days. I'm going to look at your last days and see what you wanted to deposit before you left. And so you go into 13, you go into the... This is the washing of the feet. Jesus comes in there and he knows as you want to the so I'm like, Lord, where do you where, like what do you want me to give the people? 
Like, what is the, what's the thing that I can get? What is the, the experience? What is the wisdom that I can get to deliver from heaven? So I'm just going to go to, a, I mean, John's writing this after a life of ministry and a, and a whole lifetime, what, 60, 70 years later. So even to write these words, he has to be so in tune with the Spirit, with the gift of remembrance to come back to Revelation life and write these down. So that means that every word that's written through these pages is like not even, like in a natural realm, you couldn't even remember some of the things. So they're deposited from heaven to you so that you can engulf them and you can get the revelation of them in your day-to-day walk. Oh, Jesus, verse 3. Jesus um, John 13, verse 3. Thank you, baby. Or Holy Spirit, whichever one's voice sounds the same. <laughs> Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and he had come from God and was going to God. Well, there you go. That's why I said a minute ago. It wasn't me, it was the scripture. Amen? Amen. Think about this picture, though. He goes into that. Because that's that's an understanding of the identity who he is. You understand? So servanthood follows. When you understand your identity, servanthood is a byproduct of that. Those who don't want to serve don't know who they are. I'm not saying that, and you take it how you, how you want to take it. I'm not saying that even even within. I'm just saying a byproduct of knowing who you are, it actually fuels a servanthood within you, because you understand it's not about you. It's about what God can do through you. It doesn't matter what it is. And as a as a body, one of the things that goes missing is that, and it's only from a lack of identity that you're not overflowing in a servanthood within a body. You get somebody that doesn't preach the truth of the, of the Spirit of God that will, will sharpen the hearts of individuals, you won't have a serve team. We are, we, I mean, we, I'm not saying this, we don't have, we have a, we're blessed. Amen. We're blessed. We have a serve team, I mean, party in here, and it went from, in seven years, it went from one table, you, you can't put enough tables in this place. Seriously, you call, you call forth like people to serve, and I mean, everybody in the body serves, you know? And if they're not doing it in the church, then they're serving others in every other capacity. We have a heart of servanthood here, so this isn't coming out this. This is just a, to reveal the revelation of what servanthood is, is an is a understanding of who you are. Amen? Because right here, I mean, how, how we, I would be like, hey, man, this is my last day, Pastor Martin. You won't believe the stuff that's fixing to come against me. <laughs> Take care of me. No, he said, this is going to be my last day, and here I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with this deposit. I'm going to deposit this into you. This is the beginning stages of that. Let's just skip down real quick. <clears throat> um, I'm just going to brief this whole thing. He knows that he's fixing to be betrayed by Judas. Somebody that he's walked with for three years. You understand? Even you go back, I think it's in John 6 or something, you know, he's talking about after he's like, man, do not live, you know, he basically gives the sermon of eat me, (laughs) you know. (laughs) 
And he's like, oh, y'all want to leave? Go ahead and follow them. Right. He's like, I know who I chose and want to use the son of the devil. Right? Think about that ringing in your ears with your 12 buddies you're hanging around with, or 11 buddies, right? <laughs> think about that. Which one are you? Which one are you? You don't think that accusation came up within a dinner conversation every now and then? And then here you sit back down at the table like this, and he stands up and says, oh, no. One of y'all's fixing to, like, betray me. You don't think they're looking around the table like, no, they were so consumed in the position because he also told them he was leaving. They're so consumed in the position that they wanted to take because everybody wants a title that they don't even hear the revelation of coming what it is. So he sits there and he comes out and he's like, oh, you know. And, and, and the funny thing is, 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 is Peter's like, first of all, he's, he washes their feet. He washes all their feet, the one that's fixing to betray him. And I'm thinking, man, what does it feel like if you know you're fixing to betray him and he's humbled himself into that position to, to wash your feet? Man, I got hit. Because um, betrayal is, 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 is through a, an avenue of love which hurts more than anything else, you know? <clears throat> so, so he does that. And Peter's like, no, you can't be washing my feet. That's what I'm talking about, letting the Lord, allowing the Lord to minister to you. Because Peter actually steps deeper into his revelation of who he is by yielding to allowing the Lord to minister to him. And even what that did in that posture, when you get that close to Jesus in a connection like that, how he treats you reveals the, the, the pride and the, and the stuff that's within you. So even him outflowing like that is revealing really what's going on within him. You know, his, his strength, his willingness. We always, his, I need to prove something. It's what a lot of us do. We get a touch from God, and then the next thing you know, we spend our life trying to prove something to him. And he's like, bro, just let me minister to you, and you'll figure out who you are, and, 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 and then you can go do the works. You know? And so he sat in there. And he does that, and he's like, but then he gets the revelation, okay, well, wash my head, wash my arms, you know, I'm, I'm diving in. But he think about that, and he's like, who's going to betray you? At the table, they're all sitting around the table now, who's going to betray you? And Peter's like, hey, check it out, who is it? You're the one that he loves. I <laughs> speaking to Jeff, I love that. I say that, I'm Jeff, I'm the one who Jesus loves, how you doing? Because he had a revelation of who he was. Half of us don't think God loves us because we, we come to him with our issues thinking that he doesn't, you know. Anyways. You understand what I'm saying? And he says, and when, when I dip the bread and the one I feed, and he does that, and Satan enters into Judas, and Judas goes out, boom. The table doesn't realize where he's going, doesn't realize that he's betraying him. So one of two things, either they're talking about who's going to be the ruler next time. Either they're talking about who's going to step into the position because he told him he was leaving. Or there's something about being in the proximity and being the one closest to the heartbeat of Jesus that you'll hear things that others don't. 
because you will hear things and you'll hear things that God will tell you things when you're willing to be the one that's connected to him in the proximity, in the resting place of who he is. Amen? All right. Drinking from a fire hose. So I'm just going to give you a whole lowdown of everything real quick, okay? What level of accusation do you think stirred up within them? They're, want, they're thinking that Judas went out and he had to go pay somebody. He's going to give money to the poor. They don't really realize that. So now they're looking at one another going, who's going to betray him? Well, he just told Peter, you'll have no way with me if you don't allow me to do this. Maybe that was him. Oh, maybe it was him when he was like, you know, behind me, Satan. When he said, oh, Peter, you're going to be the foundation of the church. And he doesn't even see anything. He's like, oh, behind me, Satan. He's called Peter out a few times up to this point. If I'm sitting at the table, I'm like, oh, no, I'm I'm sitting good. You've been Satan. He just told you a minute ago, you you have no part with him. You know, and you're trying to get out of it, repenting. Oh, yeah, wash me, Lord. Wash my hands, wash my feet and all this stuff. No, and then he's like, and, and, then, and, then, and then he comes out and tells Peter, no, you're going to betray me. You, you, three times, three times you'll do this. So now all fingers are pointing this way. On the whole thing, all fingers are pointing this way. And then he gets up and says, this one commandment I leave you with, love one another as I loved you. I think it's interesting that he waited for the devil to leave the room that was in the person before he told them that. Because there's some people you don't need to leave. You need to let them leave the room. You don't, you know, love them from a distance, but tell them to get out of there because they're full of the devil. I'm just saying, I mean, you, ever, you, you were all like that. Love one another as I loved you. But he's not sitting there looking at somebody full of the devil telling them that. He waits till he's gone and Satan's entered him and he's gone to betray him. And then he tells them, love one another as I loved you. Why don't, do you think that they lived together for three years? Three and a half years, I mean, you would have to tell me, I mean, you guys are around here a year and we're like, love you, man, love you, love you. You know what I mean? Of course we love you. But there's accusation and stuff that that rises up within a community of people that if you don't flow by the Spirit, you'll never see and you'll start accusing the brethren. And who are you in that moment? Who are you related to and who are you connected to in that? What's the thing that I said from the foundation of the church that you have to be? Remaining in the presence of God, standing in the spirit of God, right? And the first thing you have to deal with is condemnation and accusations. That's why he tells them to love one another because he knows that in the things and the time that's fixing to happen, there's going to be a rising up of those things within them, within themselves. They go back, it's like boom. Peter denies, yes, Peter denies. One thing about Peter is he always goes to God. Jesse said it the other day, I just have conversations. I just get up and I ask him which way I want to go. What's the difference between Judas and Peter? Not only does he turn his back on Jesus, he turns his back on the guys that God placed him with. He turned his back on those that God connected him with. And he walks out, Right? Peter, even in the midst of his failures, he runs to God. He never does. Even in the third denial, it, the scripture says, as he slap his face, Jesus turns and looks right at him. What does that mean? Does that mean shame? That means no. He never, in his failures, he never took his eyes off Jesus. 
That's, the, that's what we have to do. Even in the failures and the manipulation, you can't take your eyes off Jesus. That's how you don't backslide because you don't lose your focus. Even in your failures, you'll be made strong. What are we doing as a body? What are we doing as a church? We're stepping into that. How can he do that unless he's as a son of the Spirit that flows by the Spirit, that doesn't let accusation and come in? Because I know that they're telling him that. I know that they're speaking into him and telling him that. You know that they're going, is it Peter? You know, Judas, he just wanted to pay that. I wonder if we should ask him when he comes back. You know? And all the betrayals, and they're coming out to the garden to pull him out of it. And what? Even Jesus, I mean, even to that moment, I'm thinking, my God, like call him out at some time, you know. He comes up, and he leans in and gives him a kiss, and he says, what do you have with me, friend? You know that the other disciples standing around, they heard him call him friend. And then Peter's the one that takes out the sword, and, you know, and he's like, oh, well, you know, get away from here. You're doing the wrong thing. So it's still pointing at him, Right? It's still pointing at him. There's still accusations going around and all that. And I think the stirring in the hearts of them was like, man, we have to stick with one another. We have to understand. I have to look. I have to be led by the Spirit, not what I'm seeing, to realize who I have to be connected to. I have to be led by the Spirit to see who i got to be connected to because in the natural realm, we all screw up. In the natural realm, we all have our hiccups, and we all have this. I'm not saying that this is some kind of grace message to where you, listen, if you're going after God, you don't have to worry about it, okay? If you're going after God, you don't have to worry about it. That, I'm not saying, like, the, the grace of God isn't so you can go out and do something bad. The grace of God so that you can understand that even the battles you go through, he rolls up his sleeves and fights for you. And the one willing to fight with you is the one that you're going to stand with, you know? So this isn't some kind of, I'm just telling you that, that in, in the body, in the church, I've seen more divisions coming within the church body and more separation within the church body from this one thing. The pointing of fingers, the accusations, and even though they're not truth, it'll cause division. So I'm like, what does Jesus do? How does he do it? How does he mark that in this moment? Because they leave there, okay? Peter gets denied. Peter follows Peter's been following the whole time. In the midst, of, he, he gets shut outside the gate. Then he gets into the gate, and then he, he's by the self warming himself by the fire with people he shouldn't be with. What's he looking like? Oh, I mean, what would you say? He didn't even make it to the cross. He, last time I seen him, I don't know, he bowed down to some little girl. You know what I mean? But then take all of that. All, everything that I'm saying, unravel the scriptures. You can, you can let it read itself to you. Unravel the scriptures and look at this walk of the things that happen. But one thing's for certain. After the death, burial, and resurrection, when they loaded up on the boat, when they said, you know what? Peter says, I'm going fishing. I'm going to go fishing. And they said, well, we're coming with you. They went from 12 to 11 to 7. Those that chose to load up on the boat with him weren't fishermen. They chose to look through the level of accusations and to bypass the things that were happening because they knew, they knew by the Spirit that there was a connection there that they had to be a part of that vessel to go forth. 
You understand? Peter and the sons of Zebedee, they're the only fishermen. The other ones, they're not fishing. And they didn't go fishing just for whatever. They went fishing, like, all night long. Not like, hey, man, this is cool, man. I'm kind of depressed because Jesus is going, I'm not even welcome back into the church, but I am the church. I don't know what's going on. Y'all are still pointing fingers. Where are the other guys at? Are they blaming me also? No, and then Jesus cries out at the shoreline. He cries out at the shoreline, and what does he do? Jumps up and says, throw the net on the right-hand side, because God will always make you revisit. God will always make you revisit the encounters. He'll always take you back to, to supernatural encounters that you have in your life. He says, throw the net out on the other side of the boat. I believe in that moment, it's like the revelation starts to hit him, and he's like, you know, this, you know, I knew it. I knew it. That's why I ran to the tomb. That's why I bypassed John. John ran to the tomb, but he wasn't willing to go into a place. He wasn't willing to. Peter never turned his back. He was always going after God, always going after Jesus. He runs into the tomb. This is the bypassing of one that's, that's inherited an identity through revelation and proximity to one that has inherited an identity walking through life and failures and accusation. And you understand? And condemnation. This is one that, this is a revelation of that. I'm not putting anything against, this is me being led by the Spirit, but I was like, Lord, like, immediately you see that. That's why I say some people are meant to leave the, the door. Some people can't see by the Spirit, and they'll just be the one that brings the accusation, but they, they aren't the one they're chosen to be on the boat at the time. I'm not a fisherman. I'm not going to go with Peter. I'm just going to hang out here. I'll be here when y'all get back. No, they chose. They chose. They were led by the Spirit to be connected and be led and, be, and, and never break that connection. So I'm saying this isn't a vessel. This is a vessel that God's going to use. I'm not, ask, I'm not bringing this if this is hitting you up in some kind of way of like things that you had or anything like that. That's your issue. That's not mine. I'm just asking you to get the revelation. If you don't get the revelation, that's on you, not me. I'm just asking you to trust the Spirit of God. Trust your heart. And, and, and go back to the encounters and utilize the gift of remembrance of the wild encounters that God has you. How you ended up in a place like this. How you even did that. Before anything starts off like that, be willing to be connected. Get your eyes off of, off of yourself and onto one another and figure out the Lord's will in your life to prosper, to, to help them out, to, to help be the vessel that launches them into their destination. I'm here for you. I know I'm here. That's why I didn't get up here and just say, Lord, what is it, and start breaking out and things. I'm here to inject. I'm here to equip. I'm here to speak life into you. I'm here to give you a, a, a direction and all that. That's what we're doing this year. There's going to be a year of surprises. There's going to be a year of supernatural things that are going to happen. But I'm going to tell you what. The growth that's coming can't be sustained by a few. It has to be sustained by a body. You put a ton of weight on a head and it'll, it's, it's going to break off. It's made for the shoulders of the body to carry that load. That's why the end time revival will be held on the shoulders of the local church. You understand? So 
I'm telling you, remember these things. Walk out these things. Next Tuesday, I'm going to teach on kingdom business. And I'm going to, I mean, think about that. Think about the unity that's here and how much that goes on in business. Of how you start pointing things out. We're not meant to surround ourselves by people that are just like us. You understand that? If you do, we ain't getting very far. We want a multifaceted church. That means we're going to surround ourselves by people that don't look like us. How can you complete me if you're just like me? Amen? Opposites attract. They say that in marriage or whatever. Opposites complete. Everything that I'm not, there it is. That's why I don't understand it sometimes. There's a turning over, there's a changing, there's a changing in the time. Just like I said, the 180, that means a new direction. Peter jumps out of the boat. He still uses the word of John to say, that's the Lord. Because there's still something with somebody that, that God places you around with, that sometimes, you, not by what you see, but by the word and they speak, you entrust that to the level that makes you jump out. I don't agree with uh, everything a lot of people say around me, but by the Spirit, when they say it, I know it, and I'm willing to jump out on it. You know? John says, this is the Lord. Peter dives out. In that moment, I was like, he, he gets up and puts his cloak on and then dives out. It's like a, he's, he's stepping back into the moment that Jesus steps up and removes this cloak to get down and wash his feet. He goes up to him, stands there, the last of now, standing at the fire. There's a fire prepared before him. Why is he serving meat? Because he's the bread of life. You're, right? They serve bread with every meal. You don't have to when you are the bread of life standing there before him. But then he says, feed my sheep. Right? Feed my lambs. Right? And then take care of them. So the sheep is the one that's not yet ready to eat on solid food. The sheep is the one, the first thing that he gives the church is to go out and reach those and take care of those and draw those in that don't even know what any of it is about because they're still, they're still on the milk. They need to be drawn in and protected because the first one the enemy is going to harvest and, and, and dissipate is them. Because they are still in a, in a young stage, not ready eating on solid foods, not sturdy enough to withstand. They need somebody to lift them up. What's the next thing? To equip you to go do that. To equip you to go do that. To feed you, to build you up, to speak what I'm speaking, to, to speak life into you, to give you directions to go do the works of the ministry. Right? And then overall, to be connected to the head so that there's a realm of protection around each one of you and your families, that nothing come nigh your dwelling all the days of your life. Amen? Amen. So, I, on the, can I get somebody on the keys, please? Did you get something out of this?
Do you understand what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is you have to recognize accusation. You have to recognize condemnation. Even even in the midst of the body. Even in a, don't partake in it. Don't breathe into it. You don't have to come out and just start rebuking people and doing all that. A lot of people do that on Facebook, and all they're doing is breathing fuel into the same thing that they're trying to stop. You know what I mean? I just don't come into agreement with it. doesn't mean I have to argue about it. If I don't talk about it, guess what? It'll die out because it has no foundation to stand on. You know? But if something creeps into the church body, don't come into agreement with it. Cut the head off of it. Cut the head off of it. I think the, the, one of the things that hurts the church body is everybody looks at Pastor Caleb or Pastor Kirsten and, 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 and others of us that have been put here to lead. And guess what? We don't make the right decisions sometimes. Guess what? We screw up. It's not that we're trying to. It's not that we're not. We're human. But the heartbeat is Jesus. The heartbeat is you. The love that you have. I've, I've been hurt more in church than anywhere. Why? Because you give your life. And then it's just left behind. And I heard that. Even in the, even what I was talking about, in the 180 years of ministry, especially in the 120, you've seen some people walk through some stuff. And you could hear the residue, not out of anger, but out of love. Because they know that the ones that hurt them just didn't understand. You know what I mean? That's why it says when Judas left, immediately it was night. It's only used a couple times of the deep darkness that goes once you exit that. Once you allow, once you take everything that's been before you and yet turn to choose to walk the other way. And that's against everybody. We have to stand together. We have to unite together. We're, one is weak, the other one's made strong. Guess what? I have a bad day. Somebody needs to lift me up. Everybody has a bad day. Everybody has this. But to come together in unity, that is, there's a, there's, a, there's a movement of the love of God that is going to change the face of the church. And that isn't, that isn't changing the face for a weakness. That's a, the whole thing is, is, it's his peace, it's his joy, it's his righteousness. They are all gifts. Eternal life is a gift that you receive. That's what I'm saying. It's not by the works. We've got to get out of this thing. There is work that we have to do, but what the fuel that gets us, we get with the abiding and the union in private. So what I'm saying is, is we have to come together. We have to lift one another up. We have to be the fulfillment of the body that unites so there's, there's no broken connection. So when the oil of God is poured out from heaven, it shall flow from the head to the beard all the way down. The first thing it hits is a sign of maturity, which is the beard connected to the head. And then it'll go down, and it'll, it'll, it'll be good in your beard, man. Uh, you, you might bypass the rest. But I'm saying, then it goes down, and it starts covering the body, because some are called to, 
to be directly connected to him. Some are called to be arms and feet and fingers and go to that outermost. But guess what? If you go to the outermost tip, you're still connected to the whole thing. We have a, such a deception within the ministry and the body of church that the, the missionaries are saying, oh, the church won't give to me. The church, No, you broke the connection. You have to be connected to the local church if you expect to continue the flow at that outermost reach. If not, the arm that's connected to the body, if you cut that off, guess what? You can point the finger all you want, but you're not connected to the main flow of heaven. That's, there's a deception that goes on within the body. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that every... It, it shows it there. It divides down. I know they come back to unity. But I think that what was done on that boat that day, and from the outside looking in at the men who had good reasons to point fingers and do all this and they knew when they came together and united together I think those on the outside looking in because he says they will know and how you love one another I think that's what launched in to the multiplication that was to come that's why you can stand there and say this is that this is that this is that because everything from that day on multiplied. So was that done? I don't need to ask you that question. You can talk to the Lord about what is your part in all of it. Is your part to drive your own boat? Or is your part to, to, to you're not going to get on somebody's boat because that ain't what you do. You don't fish. Right? Because four out of three weren't fishermen, right? I mean, I think they all fished in the day, but I'm just saying they weren't fishing for joy because they told all night. They fished all night because they, they were going back to their old way. Hallelujah. 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 We're going in a direction that there will not be any banks for the river to withstand. That it shall rise up to a point only because we're willing to go deeper. As we go deeper, it shall rise up. It shall overflow the banks. It shall take forth the city. It shall take forth the state. And it shall run into the nations. And there shall be streams. Streams of wealth. Streams of finances. Streams of every avenue. Signs. Miracles. Wonders. The supernatural works of God, it shall be filtrations of streams that come out of it. Just as the fruit comes from a, a root of love, everything in which shall come forth from this ministry, from the gathering together, from the ones that, that join together by unity and by spirit and levels of, a, of, of whatever will bring streams of life into different areas and different aspects into different businesses and everything throughout this community and it shall extend and extend and extend the Lord is breathing a fresh breath the Lord is breathing a fresh life as we sing forth the praises he receives them and he releases his spirit to come down and tremble the waters may it bring waves of victory may it bring waves of glory 
Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for the very opportunity. I thank you for the treasure that is within these seats. I thank you for the strength of this body. I thank you for the fire of God to come down like liquid lava. Let your glory melt us together. Father, I'm asking you for supernatural encounters. I'm asking you for those things that people don't even know what to even speak about. But, oh, it is of the Lord. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and neither is it in the heart. So I thank you that we've come into unity. That all of those things, all of the promises from the past, that the generational legacy that is to happen, that we will be a generation that's marked. Even as these kids rise up in this hour even as they multiply and come forth in this hour that they'll be they'll walk in the saturated presence of God that that entire schools revival will hit the schools just let this even be a prophetic decree that we stand here on this very day as the world joins together to root for one thing that stadiums will be full stadiums will be full all around the world the business conventions and all this will be centered around one thing and that is you this one thing and that is you that we desire of you lord hallelujah release victory release a fresh wind release a connection a currency from heaven to unite to fire up your people father i release hunger hunger for encounters hunger for your word We walk in victory. We walk in blessing. We walk in identity. Comparison, accusation, all of that, we break it now. We sever the cord of it and we say never return. We command you to die and be burned out by the fire of God. It shall not come nigh this dwelling. It shall not enter into this. For we are united together as one. We stand as one, and you are the head. Lead us and guide us in every direction. We thank you. We yield to you. We say we are on your boat. On your boat. We thank you for the opportunity to co-labor on your boat with people around us. We thank you for the gifts and the callings that you've set next to us to launch us into our potential. We take our eyes off of us and we turn our eyes onto somebody else. And we say, oh, well, I'm going to help you reach your destiny. I'm going to help you reach your destiny. I'm going to help you fulfill the promise. And a byproduct of that is the fuel and the fire of God to come on the, the destiny designed for us. It won't be by what we focus on, but it's by who we focus through. Because all things through you, that through you this world will be saved. And we speak it and decree it now and we thank you for it. Ha, you said it. It is done. I thank you for the revelation. I thank you for the increase of the questions that come among the people. So that they can walk in revelation, walk in demonstration and not condemnation. I bind up the spirit of condemnation. Ha, you were sent here not to condemn it, so... We say remove it now from your body. Remove it now from your bride. Help us to yield. Help us to come into a level of intimacy where a seed and a promise can be placed within us. Not on your timing, but in your timing. We hold strong to give birth to the promises in which are fulfilled. I bless each and every one of these people. I bless this body. I bless everything that they touch. I thank you for prosperity. I thank you for 
gifts of healing. I thank you that even as we speak this, there's an alignment that's coming. And that somebody, whoever had a, looked in the mirror this morning, and, and their back, it like they were like, where'd that come from? And it clenched up down their back. I, I speak healing to that. Even as you raise your head up now and you look and you give him thanks for it, the healing power of God will enter you. And that will not, that'll leave your body in this moment. I thank you for your healing power to touch every single person here. I speak the joints and I say pain, go. Nothing hinders the flow. Nothing hinders the connection. Joints, go. Let the oil of heaven pour upon them. Ha, lube them up, Lord. Hallelujah. It's not because you're old. The promise, you're not 100. You'll still deliver the promise. It's called joy and laughter. It'll walk you into it. Redirect your joy and laughter and you'll deliver the promise. Because that is what you speak out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every single person here. I thank you for the tenacity even to step here and receive to this very day. That fresh wine that you're going to pour out, pour it out because those who were going to leave, they left. Hallelujah. Pour it out now. Lean your heads back and drink of his goodness. Drink of his goodness. <laughs> drink of his goodness. Let him touch you. Let him minister to you. You want your face to shine? Connect to the light, for he is the light of the world. You can't connect to the light without shining. Guess what? In the light, nothing is hidden. In the light, nothing is hidden. There's a reason that the promise is a translucent, multifaceted colors that the light of God radiates through. Let the promises of God be enlightened within your households and yourself. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for boldness. I thank you for boldness. I thank you for boldness to come upon a people. I thank you for wisdom. To ask for wisdom.